oh, why does anyone listen to this show? It's like, who would ever think that we've got any of our shit together? After editing this every week for the last year and a half, I wonder why you are listening to this. <laughs> Captain Spot, Stardate 7173, 23.1. Welcome aboard the Starship Enterprise, and thank you for joining us as we take a brief leave from the world of cinema since to explore the universe of Star Trek. I'm your Captain Ian Whittington, and with me as always, she keeps her pot hidden in the ceiling, and don't you dare question its origins, it's Ambassador Danae. Don't know why I'm musical, I'm putting the wrong emphasis on the wrong syllables. How are you? Dude. 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 How's your pot? I am. Uh... You know, I need some. Uh-huh. That's to 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 manage to, to just cope with to deal with. Yeah, I'm feeling I'm feeling a little dehydrated. Mm-hmm. You should drink some. Yeah. A pot's not going to help with that. That might dehydrate you more. What do you mean? I thought I thought it's like you, you like if I was a morphe person that there's something about it where I can kind of like feel better about myself after I pot oh, it. Right. Okay. No, we've we've dropped. We've moved. We've we've changed from pot to pot, and I didn't realize. Yes. Which pot are we talking about now? <laughs> yes. <laughs> It okay. would allow you to rehydrate. <laughs> mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Okay, Ambassador, are you ready for some corrections before we get into the into the proper show? Yeah, I'm ready. Funko Pops. Okay, people. As of yet, none of you have called me out on this, but I just had this niggling feeling that I should do some research. Last week in the intro, I said that Funko Pops, some of them, if they rattle, you crack their head open and there's like a brains and something special inside. Yeah, you did. Toy. And I questioned that. And you were right to do so, because there is a video, and this is where I got the memory from, where they Mm -hmm. crack it open, there's stuff inside, it's fake. It's a fake! So what's in your Funko Pop, then? Little bits of silicon. So as during the process, they are hollow, little bits of silicon snap off, solidify, and then rattle. That's what the rattling is. The myth came from the rattling, and then someone said, oh, look, there's brains inside, and then decided to make it thing out of I like it. I like how you made that person sound you know maybe like they don't know what they're talking about but you also believed it <laughs> yeah no I totally believed it. Mm-hmm. I am the dumbass here yeah so correction to my knowledge and I swear if somebody now videos them cutting open a Funko Pop and there is something inside I will lose it I'm not correcting this again correction yes number- you are no 100%. I will I will, I will 100% okay, so, yeah and if yeah. you if you want me to correct it email me danae at cinemasins.com that's d-e-n-e-e at cinemasins.com just send me an email you know Should anything it. that you want me to correct on the show you don't have to go to captain's pod at cinemasins.com you can just send it directly to me and then i'll bring mm-hmm. it to the captain in a debrief yeah just cut me out entirely i think that that's that's the way to go to be honest yeah correction number two now you know, we've mentioned the the, the 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 great link, the goopiness, the changelings, and what their motivations are and why they look kind of clumpy and stuff. And I I've don't know mentioned... what their motivations are. I don't remember that part. Just world domination? Yeah, well, we've, been, we've discussed how there is this disease that went through the great link. Oh, yes. And disease. they're trying to find the cure to it. Yes, 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 yes. Odo, who we love, at oh, the end no. of DS9, rejoined the link and had a cure. I totally missed this. So technically, the Great Link has been cured. But this is only a semi-correction, because if this is an offshoot of the Changelings, maybe they weren't part of the Great Link and didn't get the cure. So maybe that's why they look chunky. And maybe they are searching for a cure, because they didn't get the cure for Modo. Semi-connection, chunky. This just sounds like a need to go to the doctor. You know, there's pills oh, they you can absolutely should your, go to the doctor, yeah. For your inability fact, that's a, to... That's a good prediction. I think Beverly's going to cure them. Oh, okay. Because she's a healer. 
And also her son is a changeling. Yeah, I'm sticking to that. I think he's... She's motivated. Yeah, he's got some changing stuff in him. I if think there that's is a symbiotic it. thing happening, it would make sense. Because we yeah. have that Captain Wacky girl. Captain Vadic? Yeah, Captain... But Dick! <laughs> sorry, I don't know why. <laughs> I don't wow. know why I just did that. I'm sorry. With that. This oh, week's shit. episode is called Imposters. Well, that's that's a well, letdown. Yeah, no shit. Of course, it's called imposters. This entire well, season I mean, could be called imposters. <gasps> okay, 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 okay. How many people do you think aren't who they are already? Oh, more than we know. There's no way they. There's no way they're going to resist pulling a Battlestar Galactica on us. Um, what does which, that mean? So in Battlestar Galactica, there's Cylons, and they can. They're robots that can take the form of humans, and it's it's like the Dash thing. They're like physical flesh and blood but they're still robots in like season three or something they dropped that two of the main characters had been cylons the whole time and they didn't even realize they were cylons and then they had to come to terms with the fact that they were they weren't the real them so there's no way so our characters may not even know that they are changelings it could be that that's impossible because they have to they have to pot who knows oh no that's fair that's fair yeah they must know know. yeah so at least yeah. one character. One of at least one of the main crew is a changeling. Jack doesn't know he's a changeling. That's the one that doesn't know. Yeah, he knows something's up. Something's he doesn't wrong. Know what. Something's the parts going of him down. that are changeling are, are are malfunctioning because he never joined the Great Link because he didn't know he needed to mm. to be cured. Mm-hmm. Love it. Mm-hmm. Love it. But we should probably actually watch the show to yeah, find out actually, what really happens. I mean, we could just speculate about this for the next ninety <laughs> minutes, or we could watch the episode and get some more information. Okay, everyone, we'll see you in 10 forward for a full debrief. Two to beam to the Titan. Welcome to 10 Forward, the part of the show where we grab a drink from the replicator and share our immediate thoughts and feelings on the episode we just watched together. Most important question first. What would you like from the replicator, Ambassador? Mm. 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 Do I have to consume it or is or can i just actually have anything like you can have anything today anything i can have like, anything anything you like as soon as i say it, you're gonna say no you can't have that most likely <sighs> well i don't want to do that <laughs> <laughs> the best part of the show hands down mm, i would like to have something <laughs> i literally can't think of I'm anything not letting you off the hook we're not moving on until you think of something uh, okay okay what are you gonna say I would like some Bajoran spring wine. Okay. That was mentioned. That would have been clever. That would have been, yeah. I'll have two. I'll, I'll have one of those too. <laughs> wow. Nice. Okay. So you do have an opportunity to be original. Give us the plot synopsis for this week's episode. Oh. <laughs> Fuck. <laughs> How? How do I white? Listen, I live seven years in between shows with how uh-huh. much shit I have going on in my life right yeah. now. So I guess I shouldn't be surprised. I forget. Okay, okay, okay. Amazing. I love it because I don't remember until I'm reading the ten forward intro. So I don't (laughs) give it away (laughs) at all. It's just an incredible (laughs) surprise. Why does anyone listen to this show? It's like it's like who would ever think that we've got any of our shit together? Maybe that's why they do listen, is we don't have our shit together. After editing this every week for the last year and a half, I wonder where anyone (laughs) listens to the show. Guys, thanks for listening. Uh Yeah, we appreciate you. you We're nice. You should find better ways to spend your time. No, 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 no. No, 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 no. Go, go, go leave a review yes. of the show. That's a better with way to With your confidence in our... Okay, okay, okay. Synopsis, got it. Okay. Um, In this episode, Jack is losing his mind and becoming a straight up murder hobo while Picard is comes face to face with somebody that 
he maybe loved one time. I'm not entirely sure, but the, the earring is important. And she's probably bad, but good, but bad, but good. And the, they trust each other. Why? Because why not? They're old. They don't have much time left. Might as well right. just, you know, give it a good go. Beverly is somehow still working for Starfleet. Rafi is somehow <laughs> not killing Worf. Worf is somehow not killing Rafi. And we steal a ship, this time as a unified group. Today on Captain's Pod Picard, episode Imposter 5. You're great. I think that about sums it up. <laughs> no notes. <laughs> yeah. There's revelations this week. There's some surprise visits from, from the history of TNG. There is conspiracies abound. But, Ambassador, overall thoughts and feelings on this week's episode. Um, it's a, kind of like a little bit of a, a little bit of a, like a hard shift down, mm-hmm. but not, but, but then just when you think that maybe you shifted gears down a little bit too far and the car is starting to go, you know, like and try to catch up. No, it's fine. No, it's fine. The momentum is okay. Um, this is the episode that tells us the direction the rest of the season is going. So this mm-hmm. is when the writers reveal, you know, more information about what's happening. This is when it's like, okay, we're setting up for the finale now. So we've got, we've established how we all got here. Now we're setting up for the next episodes that lead us into the end of the series and mm-hmm. and this legacy kind of moment for Picard. So it's exciting. Because we have the Titan, we have Shaw, we have the crew. We kind of have all the only people we really wanted to have anyway. And now they're on the run from Starfleet and they have a mystery to solve in the next few episodes. And mm. they're probably going to be using people that they trust to do it, which means we finally have our reason for Picard to reach out to all the people that he needs to reach out to so that we can see fucking LaForge. I was going to say, that was a very long way, a long road to where is Geordie? <laughs> Where's Geordie? Where the fuck is Geordie? Yeah, I mean, we're at the halfway point now, so your setup should be well and truly there. You should be in the meat and potatoes of it. Um, five episodes left to do what you're going to do. That's always kind of a pivotal point in a seat. The Star Trek fan in me really had a great, great time with it. Had a lot of fun. Really, really enjoyed it. The story enjoyer in me was incredibly frustrating. Um, and... As I will preface, it's not necessarily a bad thing. You need episodes like this, which connect some dots, haha, and give you a bit more. Wait, why was that a ha ha ha? Oh, because everyone in this episode said connect the dots, so it's been repeated in oh, Jack's they head. Bro, Laren was connecting the dots. It's a repeated oh, okay. phrase. Okay, okay, okay. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You probably think I would have caught onto that, but I didn't. It's the sort of I thing did. you'll usually usually latch onto pretty like firmly. This this was a connect the dots episode. Still plenty of questions, but we're now not wondering what the question is. We know what the question to ask is finally. That's what this episode kind of did for us. But it didn't progress as much otherwise. And I'm not saying it's a bad thing. I'm just saying I was a little bit frustrated with... And it might have been like the, the jump in pacing between Raffi and Worf and then back to the Titan. A lot of heavy conversations which were needed, but all kind of happening all at once. And then by the end of the episode... I wasn't, in terms of the mystery, I wasn't progressed a lot more because I think we were a couple of episodes ahead. We knew that the changelings were the heart of this conspiracy. It's kind of like the characters are now catching up with us and confirming how deeply embedded the conspiracy is. So I'm I, I'm fine with it setting up the rest of the season. I think we're in a good space now to get to episode six and then kind of 
attack this conspiracy and what's happening next. But I did find myself kind of like looking around and feeling like I was a few steps ahead of the of the of the episode. Perhaps. That might be unfair. It's kind of just that was my my emotions through the episode. My perspective with the introduction of Roe into this episode was also that it's a moment to kind of close an arc for Picard. Oh, for sure. Yeah. Bringing in something and kind of giving this a moment that the fans will really enjoy. Mm-hmm. For me, I barely remember this person. I mm-hmm. I barely remember. I think well, like, that's a, that was going to be my first question is do you remember Roe at all? Like do you remember anything about the the actor character? Did they seem familiar to you? No. Unfortunately not, but the writers did a great job of giving me enough information to pull the emotion out of the lines that, you know, Stuart is delivering and kind of like I felt obviously the turmoil of the two of them. I felt the distrust from the two of them. And of course, we're all in changeling brain going, she's a changeling, right? Like everyone is up on the chopping block for for being a disposable changeling at this point in time. And it would have been an easy kind of reach. And because she was being so vague in some ways with her answers to her questions, because she was also asking vague things, thinking that maybe even Picard would be a changeling. So it kind of had this intellectual back and forth until they had the safety of 10 forward, you know, to really kind of let their guard down. I didn't really understand where their conversations and where their relationship was going to be where the details of the relationship was going to be going and why it was important to me. So shows do this all the time and it's totally fine, especially in a show like this, which is a legacy show for the fans. So of course they're going to be bringing in characters that the fans want to see or would be interested in seeing. And in this case, I thought they did a great job of it, even for those of us who don't remember, but yeah, that, that kind of what they did cleverly was even though maybe this, the, pacing kind of slowed down because we're getting into like history and relationship and drama, interpersonal turmoil, another character coming in, that kind of thing. And, but they gave her the role of introducing that Picard and Riker were in trouble, introducing the confirmation of the changeling, you know, infiltrating Starfleet all the way to the top, giving them, you know, uh, details of the investigation. And then, closing up a relationship arc that maybe when Picard ends, fans would have been like, I wonder whatever happened to so-and-so. So they're kind of like, they gave her character a lot to do instead of like making it a whole bunch of people doing it. And I thought that was smart because otherwise it would have slowed the momentum down even, you know, even more. Um, but certainly their conversations and was one of the driving factors of what was happening on the Titan. And in this episode, we go back to Rafi and Worf so you have them also kind of getting to the next stage of their investigation. So it was kind of an information episode. And those are absolutely needed at times. Um, I don't think it was done poorly. Um, they also really ramped up the Jack losing his mind or turning into mm. a murder robot or whatever's going on with Jack. Mm-hmm. They really gave Some us more there. So shit going on. Even though it felt like a little bit of a downshift, like I said, it wasn't, it was like, oh, no, 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 that was fine. We're still, we still have momentum. We're still going places. And so I thought it was really well done because an information episode, like you have to have them and mm-hmm. and how you do it is really important. So there was humor in this episode. There was emotion, like there was uh, regret and fear and mystery. And it had like all of the kind of interesting elements to it. So I liked this episode. It was just, you know. I don't know why. I'm just like, let's fucking go. 
Yeah, I think there's, I think this is always going to happen when you have a season long mystery that spans ten episodes. Um, it's sometimes you can be like, hey, can we like put the gas down and get to the mystery? That's like that's human nature. We need to know the answers to mysteries. So stringing mysteries out across ten hours is a lot. You gotta you gotta find ways to keep us hooked. And I am still hooked. I am still knee deep in this. I just yeah. begging for a a little bit more. And yeah, we get a little bit more about Jack. But I. Th- I think that's the, I feel like that's the only big thing for this season that we did get progressed a little bit is that there is something really deep going on with Jack. Everything else I feel like we kind of knew, but it's waiting for the characters to get pulled in and, and kept up to, to scratch. However, my favourite part of the episode is Ro Laren and Michelle Forbes' um, return. And it is a really, really great storyline. If you're going to pick a pick a character from TNG to to wrap up the storyline from and to complete an arc beverly and roe are really really great ones because from season five i think onwards roe was an occasional cast member um and her departure was i think the penultimate episode of season seven it was the second to last episode or the third to last episode and she's a for background she's a bajoran um and they've been abused and invaded and subjugated by the cardassians and we've mentioned before on the show, the McKee was this kind of terrorist organization that did the dirty things to try and fight back against the Cardassians and do the things that Starfleet weren't prepared to do. Roe was sent undercover to try and find their leader, but instead was turned to join the McKee um, and betrayed Picard. And they did have this really intimate scene. Anyway, that's when Picard was suspecting that she might be having shifted loyalties. So it's a real powerful conversation between them where he's trying to remind her of duty and eventually, yeah, she pulls a, pulls a phaser on Riker, um, beams him to safety and then leaves and joins the Maquis. And that's the last we see of her. So to bring her back is really, really clever. To wrap up that storyline, one of the demons that Picard is definitely dealing with because everyone was like, you shouldn't have Roe in Starfleet because she's already been kicked out once before because of disobeying orders which resulted in a ton of people dying. So everyone, including Riker, is like, fuck her, she should be in prison. And Picard's like, let's give her another chance. And that is then thrown back in his face when she does the same shit again and betrays Starfleet. So I, what I love about this episode is that I could feel that they did a great job of communicating all of that and communicating that complicated history and then also managing to come to a resolution by the end of the episode that, for me, felt really organic and natural. On top of, who's the changeling here? Getting through that conversation as well. Um, it's my favourite part of the episode, and I think it's handled beautifully for fans and for someone new coming to the show, which is kind of, you're not new, but you're new to Row, And I, I think it worked for you as well, didn't it? So I think that's, a, that's not an easy trick to it's pull It's not off. an easy thing to do, no. Especially when you're trying to summarise so much history give gravity to an, a scene that needs to be about something else entirely the changeling mm, situation yeah. and understand that you're about to kill a character <laughs> so you want to yeah, huh? have it have be meaningful punch. because there's not going to be a next for yeah, row because we go from oh my god rose rose bank that's awesome wait why is row back that's weird to and um, being an antagonist to then oh wait she could be a changeling to yeah she's not a changeling we love her. It's okay that she's back in Starfleet. Her sacrifice is really meaningful. That is an arc to take in not even the full hour because we have like 20 minutes with her. Like that is 
super duper impressive. And I was a little bit confused when we went into 10 forward because I was like, is she a changeling that's taking Picard in there yeah. to attack? Uh-huh. Or does she suspect that Picard is a changeling and is trying to confirm? And by the end of that, I fully believe that these two characters trust that they are who they are supposed to be. And while their history isn't resolved, there is a, a respect that's building there. Just, yeah, really, really great writing. Just shows, once again, they can write themselves in and out of a extremely complicated multitude of corners in space. Um, I, the, the writing is probably what I'm most impressed with in the, in the series. So. I think one of the things that stood out to me in that scene was Picard's, like, hatred he was mm. so like he doesn't like being betrayed hateful this was his enemy when he said that he'd been practicing what he was going to say to her for 30 years like that is somebody that like picard isn't the character that lets certain things go yes he's going to be a leader yes he's going to rally people and inspire people and he's going to make hard decisions but there are certain things that he will not forget and and she was able to tit for tat, toe to toe with him on those are my choices. And she kind of like really pushed him on that scene, which I thought was really powerful because it's speaking fine. I think I I think I kind of wrote down a couple of the of the lines that she had. She said, you confuse morality with duty. And that was your dishonor. And it was lines like that where you know these kinds of television shows, they put you kind of as the little shoulder viewer on top of their hero and Picard was often that person for me while watching TNG and they can kind of vilify another character to inspire your main character to make decisions and choices and kind of like you know qualify or justify what Picard's behavior is doing so it's interesting to bring in a villain character as someone to trust and then give her the verbiage to back up her decisions helping you to understand it and they did this with Beverly earlier when she decided to have Jack as, you know, so it's like, it's just, it's interesting because we also heard Beverly's reasoning, you know, for keeping Jack away from Picard. And at first you're thinking that doesn't make any sense. And then you're like, oh, I can kind of see from her perspective. So, so they, they're not kind of afraid with in, I think every season of Picard so far, making Picard not be the guy that knows everything. He's been told no a lot. He's been told off a lot. You know, he's been talked down to he's been challenged and so the writers are both breaking down the character and having him come to new resolutions as a person kind of as a personal growth thing but then also almost showing that the writing style has changed and evolved and that they're writing different depths of material for the viewer which i think is really important because when you have such a clear view of what's right and wrong, it doesn't leave a lot of wiggle room for anything in between. Like All Picard can see, and this is what Roe is calling out, is duty and you've got to follow orders. When what that, what that means to her as a, as a Bajoran, the, the negotiations that Starfleet are having with the Cardassians means that a lot of Bajorans and a lot of people are getting, basically, their planets were ending up in Cardassian space which means they get no support from Starfleet, they're completely on their own, anything could happen to them. And that's one of the big things the McKee was fighting against. And Rose, like, I can't, I can't side with Starfleet here, because what Starfleet is doing, yes, it prevents a war, but it's also causing entire planets of people to be under Cardassian rule and being and having whatever done to them. And she's like, in good conscience, I can't do that. And Picard sees that as a personal betrayal to him and what he holds dear, Instead of 
seeing it as like mm, she doesn't really have much of a choice here she can't in good conscience do that she's she's got to quit starfleet and do what she's got to do and picard struggles understanding that there are ways to get things done that don't involve starfleet and he still struggles with that even after all of his um all of, all of his experience starfleet still defines him so much even with jack he's like hey i wonder if now that we're on good speaking terms you could join starfleet and jack's just like you you don't learn do you like starfleet is still his if you're in starfleet you're one of the good guys and yeah. that's how you define yourself and it is he's it just shows how like people don't change fundamentally no matter what starfleet does what it stands for still remains for picard and it's his metric of whether you're a good person or not in for a lot of people it's, it's really it's really smart for as an arc mm. to kind of question the systems it embodies to, a lot it yeah, does that row arc. they're doing a lot so i'm like i'm in the moment i'm enjoying the scene i'm watching Worf and rafi fight it's fucking cool and then like you zoom out on this kind of a this kind of content you're like man they're hitting themes that we're not mm. even real we're hitting on themes that are intentional but they're not spending a ton of time like just browbeating us with However, now we're getting into the conspiracy theories coming true. It's time to address that Starfleet's got some shit going on and how yeah, are we going to yeah. do that? And we're going to do that with exocomps, guys. We're going to do with exocomps. <laughs> okay. We're not, we're not fixing it with exocomps. I'm telling you right now, I'm super excited about some artwork that I cannot show you yet that you're going <laughs> to fucking love. Exocomps are my spirit animal. They, they really are. They, Next week, Sin Week, when we reveal, it's going to be so fucking cool. I cannot wait. Mm -hmm. But anyway. Anyway, I, yes. I thought, that, I thought that that scene in particular was good. Well, like, let's talk about other things that you liked about this episode. There's mm. some things I was confused about, but we'll get to that later. But we like, let's talk about, hmm, Shaw? Yeah, I mean, Shaw's great. He's always great. He's, he's, just like, he's still fun. Okay. He's so fun. Just humming away in the uh, in the turbo lift just like dum, 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 dum. i'm really happy that you're gonna get your just desserts i have it's sins. like a big brother right oh it really is like you're finally getting in trouble vibe. with mum and dad finally mm -hmm. the, the kids that get away with everything you're finally getting your comeuppance um and he's just yeah he's a smug bastard but he's a great good guy antagonist because he still does the right thing um and he does just command respect in every scene so i'm still still in love with with Captain Liam Shaw. He's yes, me's too. And I'm glad he's still alive. Mm, still with for us. Now. Come on, for now. Speaking, well, speaking of people in command, um, Jack in a Starfleet uniform did things for me as well. I was like, maybe I do want him in Starfleet. Like, that is, that is a, <laughs> there's something about a damn Starfleet uniform that makes you a hundred billion times more attractive. I don't know what it is, but. Uh, I was sharp. I enjoyed it too. It was good stuff. Right now that my desktop background is Galadriel from Rings of Power. Yes. Oh. By the end of this episode, Beautiful. it may be Jack in uniform. I'm mm -hmm. not sure. <laughs> Steamy look, just shooting someone in the head. Um, I did want to make a quick, quick note. So the alien bridge officer that is bald and has like the interesting face stuff going on that Jack shot and in his dream, and she said, I know what you really are. Come again? So one of the bridge officers, she's um she's in oh. yellow. Oh, yeah, 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 yeah. Yeah, is that? and she has like the green stuff on her. I can't remember her name, but she's the one that is, I think it, she's at one of the positions. I can't remember which one though. It's not science. I'm looking at pictures right now because I'm not going to be able to remember yeah. straight up. She's a Hylian, if that helps. I mean, 
yeah, for sure that helps because I absolutely just instinctively know how to spell Hylian. Yeah, um, I know. That's her a name one. is, I'm almost there, I'm almost there, I'm almost there. Ensenkova uh-huh. Rin Esmar. There we go. Anyway, she is a Hylian and they are, we've seen them before in Star Trek and I don't know why I didn't make this connection, but her species is slightly telepathic. Oh. Oh, that makes sense that she's the communications officer. Mm-hmm. And she is she's the one that knows like a bajillion languages as well. It also makes interest like it's an interesting thing that she has this kind of connection with Jack as well. There was that sideway glance as if mm-hmm. she knew he'd had a dream. Something's about going on up there in the ticker. Something else that's interesting about them is that the TNG episode where we see the Hylians at Quiel, this is this has got to be a coincidence, but I don't know. That had changelings in that episode, but it, was, it wasn't the changelings we know. It was a different species, but basically her dog gets taken over by a changeling, and it, I don't think it's intelligent. I think it just mimics things and then tries to eat people. But it's just interesting cool. that the only other time we've seen a Hylian was also with changelings. So it's just, I'm just kind of putting a pin in that, that there's, there's, there may be a, a nod to Aquiel in this somewhere. Aquiel! It's my new favorite drink, like Aquafina, but the other one. It's like discount Aquafina. Could be, could be. What Mm -hmm. else did you like about the episode? Whoa! It's always fun to see Beverly doctoring it up. I don't know what it is about watching her on screen, but I'm fascinated by her. I don't, yeah, what, she has this magnetic presence. She does. Even in this... Oh, yeah, she talks. She's confident. There's this moment when she asks Picard for permission to do an autopsy, and then she just turns and walks away. And I literally wrote a note about how that, like, her walk away mm. was one of my favorite things. It did things to Why? you. <laughs> no, it didn't do that kind of stuff. You know what it is? It's just a confidence. She's just walking. She's not like an elder woman just hobbling down the hallway. No, she's, she's like, I got ass. shit to do. Yeah. And there's just something I know. I, I don't mean to repeat myself a ton. So I know I've said this before, but like, it's just there's something really powerful about watching older people in shows. And yeah, maybe it's because I'm an old person now. You know, I'm, I'm an old woman. You're ancient. It's true. I'm you can relate to them. I'm an ancient woman. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And I hobble around and she doesn't. Like, what am I doing wrong? You know? Oh, I, I know what it is. I should actually move my body sometimes. That might. That might. Possibly. Or you could try living in the 25th century and have all oh, of the yes. medicine available right. to you to, yes. to be 70 yes. but still be active. Or <laughs> drink water. Or drink water. Please drink you some know, water. Yeah. These are the things that maybe I should probably these do. These are the important things. Um, I did love the old school sound effects that opened the episode. We had a <gasps> oh, whoop, that whoop, was whoop, fun. Whoop. That was like it TOS. It was totally... T- yeah, to, yeah, I wrote that like, down. Original series um, sound effects, which was interesting. I think that was the opening shot of this episode. Because yeah, it's kind of like on space and then it pans back through the bridge yeah. back towards the commands. It was really kind of a cool shot. And I heard that love little... It. The little sounds, though. The little trills. I love the sound effects. They do things to me. I enjoy it. And a good old captain's log to start-ish the episode as ish. well with Riker. Um, I just missed them. I didn't realize how much I missed them in season one and two. But they're, they're back, and I love it. They're great. They're exposition. They're a sin. But I love them. How do you feel about, like, the revealing that the changelings are evolving? That was interesting to me. Though I know nothing about them. Is this sinful? Is this interesting? Like, how do you feel about it? Because this was a big part of this episode. There is 
I would I would sin that in the most playful way because yeah. it's not a sin. Like you could maybe call it convenient that we all know that the changelings are detectable and they happen to evolve away in the space of 30 years a way to become undetectable so that in the story we can have this undetectable bad guy but i'm fine with it like that beverly knows this is fucking strange like evolution doesn't happen over the course of decades or centuries it takes thousands and thousands and millions of years so she knows that this is very peculiar which means it's part of the mystery and it's great so i'm i'm on board with it i think if you're going to have changelings it's it's you had to do something different and they're an offshoot, so I I have something in the predictions based on that evolutionary thing um, mm. that I that I will save. A little bit story sinful, but no, I'm absolutely I'm absolutely fine with it. I think it was needed because I think we needed to understand how the changelings were getting around because oh, that's been sure. a conversational part of kind of each episode leading up to this one is how are the changelings infiltrating? How 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 how? how? Yeah, and this was an interesting you know update to that science science evolution. But it just they it, it does annoy me. The people screaming online, oh, why don't they? Why aren't they detected? How do they manage to get there? How do we not know that they were what they do on the Titan? When the answer is wait and see. Like, it's such a fundamental yeah. thing. It's going well, to be addressed. But there's just passion behind this material, which I love. Um, no, it's true. It does come from passion, but we need to find that line between being too protectiony. Protectiony? Protective of shit and not letting it evolve. On the same theme of like, okay, we're revealing more of the mystery. We also uh, have the mystery revealed of how to get into Daystrom Station, Daystream Streams. Yeah, so specifically, it's the Daystrom Institute Institute. is, I thought it was on the planet, but it's actually in orbit. So I may be wrong about, so there's a Daystrom Institute in Okinawa on Earth. But there's another Daystrom Institute station which is in orbit somewhere. So this is different. So this this space station and is where the dangerous shit is kept by the sounds of it. The exocomps. I think that's where the exocomps... No, the exocomps aren't there. Mariority. Moriarty would appear to be. Oh my god. The episode when we get to go... It's gonna be like... Oh, okay. What was the episode of Picard season one? Rag... Rag. Oh, Ragdoll, Stardust City Rag. Yes, it's yes. gonna be like Stardust City Rag, but uh-huh. it's gonna be like all of the evil like shit. Yeah, and it's gonna be it's gonna be Warfare Rafi just like yeah. surrounded by danger. Oh my god, the holographic okay, programs we haven't even remembered yet because <laughs> what we're learning is that what they show in the trailer isn't all of the secrets, which is great, which is Let's really hope. really smart. Please. Well, we know that because like, I guess Ro that's wasn't predictions. That's predictions. That's um, predictions. That's that's for the future. Yes. But but I did I did. We needed to see Worf and Rafi again, and we needed to kind oh, of understand course. what their next thing is. And so this is letting us know that their next thing is going to be going over to the place where the stuff is, and they're going to be doing their little mystery mystery. I, However, yes, can we get off of the fucking right? planet? Can we stop with Metalis Prime or wherever we are? Six five seven. Like, we're, this this is where it, it felt like it was spinning its wheels it because I was like we we are this with Rafi and Worf we are the same place we are during episode four Ooh. sorry episode three which is fine because during episode four we didn't want to cut back to them but you had there is no way storytelling wise that Sneed couldn't have had this fucking information as well I love Kirk as I can never say his name the Vulcan in this episode is Kirk as Asavido Kirk Asavido. He's great. He's in, he's another actor from Twelve Monkeys. 
um, that Terry Metalis has brought in. He's a great Vulcan. I love the idea of a criminal syndicate Vulcan who is like logically explain, explaining why crime needs to exist. Beautiful. Love it. But I'm just like, Sneed could have had this information. This was just, what do we do with Raffi and Worf mm-hmm. to get them caught up so that they arrive at Daystrom at the same mm-hmm. time as the Titan and not ahead of them? So while I love their interaction, I love Worf going Neo and just single-handedly lightsabering Raffi's attacks away adore it i am just like ugh, spinning the wheels spinning the wheels let's go let's get off metalis ah ah yeah yeah i'm ready to get off of the of the uh, ecology of district six guys right <laughs> <laughs> i'm i'm ready to move but this is me just selfishly wanting to see more of the world of star trek exactly that's yeah, all uh-huh. is it the worst thing ever no you know and we didn't have them at all last episode so I think that was a needed break because we're going into this episode knowing that we're still not leaving District (laughs) Six. Yeah, I mean, (laughs) I know I said at the end of like episode three. Oh yeah, we know that they're leaving and they're heading to the Daystrom Institute. Like the story work you have to do to do a one eighty. I was like, oh, we can't go. It's back to the planet. Like, uh, they weren't even ready to leave (laughs) them, were they? So this, that's where I'm. Julie, yeah, but it seems that we're leaving now. It seems that we've got the Titan, you know, <laughs> going off on its own, and yeah. then it seems like you know Worf and Rafi have their marching orders. And hey, we had the reveal too that the handler was actually Row. Row was that her yeah, name? Row. Row. Yeah. Yeah. Which was a kind of a cool thing because like Worf goes to check in with his handler and. Picard and Riker are sitting there and that's kind of an interesting way to reconnect the two of them convenient of course but like it's still an interesting kind of way to tie them all together but yeah no I love it and the surprise the surprise on everyone's face when they see each other it's beautiful yeah it's It's like what are you doing what are you doing you're not (laughs) what's going on yeah it was a it was um it was interesting. I also, I do like what you said. You know, it was interesting to see another Vulcan type character. And. Oh, yeah, it's great. Yeah. I just, I feel like the writers are going, hey, we're going to reinvent. How do we reinvent some of these archetype characters that we have? We have like mm-hmm. this person that usually does this. This is what the audience is expecting. What if we create a different angle, a, a criminal version of a Vulcan, which I know you've said before there are criminal Vulcans, um, but this is an interesting way to kind of see them and also explain like the brotherhood part of it. And it was a really, I'm just kind of surprised. Just a reminder that I feel like watching a show like this in the eighties and nineties, there wouldn't be nearly as much detail given to these kinds of bad guy characters because storytelling was always like, they're bad guys. They don't matter. They're throwaway. We're going to kill them. And then they're just moving on. But here they're giving them backstory and we're getting three or four sentences. So not a ton, but we're getting a little bit more of the story of Sneed and this guy who we may never see again ever. Probably not. Yeah. But it's again, just that idea that they're really like thinking about what they're writing. Yeah. Why would he be so invested in Sneed's death? I agree that the Worf Rafi stuff when they were fighting and Worf is like, he just is like, Padawan Rafi and he's just like batting her around it was super great and suddenly Worf's theme appears um um oh I'm not gonna be able to hum it but there's a very distinctive change in tone and sound um oh I didn't I didn't notice that music. cool oh it's so good and it's 
when we're introduced to Worf um, in First Contact, he's on the Defiant fighting a Borg cube and the, the ship is beat up to shit. And then he comes up from the command chair and he's like, today is a good day to die. And then the Enterprise comes and then that music is playing and it's so good. Ah, oh, it's great. He has his own theme music and I fucking love it. And I don't know if it's a sin or if it's like something awesome, but I would just assume that being like head slammed by a Klingon with that dome ridge. Oh, you're getting broken craniums everywhere. Yeah. So twice. I think I think it's pretty clear that he's holding back because Rafi should be in rough shape. <laughs> well, what's really, and I think it's great, I think this was deliberate, is that that was step for step exactly the same thing that they did on the ship. Yes. So that wasn't yeah, just training. I, I thought so too. That was a rehearsal because yes. they knew they were going to get double crossed. Yes. I have sins about that, but <laughs> it is still great that that is a little nod to the audience. That something mm-hmm. is up here. Like they're rehearsing move by move exactly what happened. And they wanted to make it convincing. Worf is like, this is how you're going to have to convince them that you beat me and I didn't throw the match. Um, yeah, I love that. While we're in that scene, just an interesting note that mobile emitters are now maybe not commonplace, but the fact that there's more than one of them is a fucking big deal. So when the Vulcan guy shoots Raffi and she's a hologram, and then he's like, think I wouldn't suspect a mobile emitter and it drops to the floor. The mobile emitter, the only one that we know of, is the one that Sarcastic Doctor from Voyager has that came from the 31st century. Like, we... 30th century? 27th century. Anyway, from the fucking future. And it's been impossible to replicate. Holograms can't exist outside the holodeck without a big old projector. So the fact that they've managed to replicate the technology is definitely a nod to this is how Moriarty is out on the loose. But it's kind of a big deal that they've managed to recreate these. That's pretty cool. That is pretty cool. And I, I yeah, I totally caught that, you know, as just a casual <laughs> viewer. <laughs> Probably not, mm-hmm. probably not, but it's a mm-hmm. nice nod for the... It's almost like, oh, how can Moriarty be out in the open? And like, uh, Can I refer you to episode five where Raffi had a mobile emitter? What else did you like, Ambassador? Let's take a look at the notes before we shift around. We've got a new ship, the USS Intrepid. We do have a new ship. Very pretty. I like that. I did enjoy watching the ship be blown up a little bit and then Oof, like ride yeah. itself and square off and then shoot the torpedoes and yeah. then the and then our titan gets away just in time that was pretty cool looking one of my new favorite things on twitter and i should stop reading um is terry has been terry metallis has been replying to a lot of tweets about nitpicking and hole picking and all of that stuff in the show and one of them was why aren't quantum torpedoes used anymore now these were introduced in first contact and they are like fucking insane blue super duper powerful torpedoes that can wipe out a Borg sphere. And somebody just said, why aren't we using them anymore? And Terry just replied, there was an incident. Perfect. Perfect response. And someone else was like, why don't we use why don't we see the enhanced shielding that was seen in the last episode of Voyager? And he just replied, there was an incident. The reply to if this technology that we've seen before, why isn't it being used now? There was an incident. I love it. That's great. Because it's like, why are the androids banned? There was an incident. Now, we know about that incident, but there's tons of incidents in the last 30 years that we don't know about. That maybe maybe quantum torpedoes leak radiation and kill babies. Who knows? But I, I love that as, as an answer. The, the more vague, the better, and that does a lot of work. <laughs> That's going to be my new answer. Why didn't this get done in time? There was an incident. <laughs> 
I kind of want to add that to my everyday life. Uh-huh. <laughs> like that was an incident. Anytime anyone asks about like details about my life, like there was an incident and that's just let that explain itself. It's amazing how that shuts down a lot of future questions. <laughs> Why does this taste like shit? There was an incident. I don't like that one. <laughs> well, that's because <laughs> that you one. Ha- yeah. You don't have to choose whether you carry on eating or not. That one. Okay. That's true. That's true. <laughs> that's um, an unfair. Yeah. Okay. Okay. Right. Any more newts before newts? <laughs> any more newts anyone before newts? move on? No newts. No, no. Uh, let's see. I think I, I think I want to talk about Jack just a little bit, but that might be more like in the prediction stuff. So mm, I can kind of yeah. wait on that. Yeah, that was my last note. Was um, Jack's got this Winter Soldier thing going on where he's been activated and loved it. Like the choreography for that was really fun. Like, oh, seeing it's so him badass! Kick some ass was fucking incredible. I wanted that. When the camera angles kind of like down sort of on the floorish area and every one of the four attackers is down, but then the one that's in the foreground suddenly jumps up like it's got second wind and Mm. is just like reaching for Jack and he just does this one shot kill thing. And I'm just like, okay, 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 Jack. Okay, Jack. All right. You got skills. But then then he kind of goes into, like you said, winter soldier mode. Mm. It's almost like he accepted it. So my interpretation is that there's something that takes him over and he fights it. And in that moment, he gave into it so that he could survive and he traded off a little bit. Maybe he loses power every time he does this. Maybe he loses control. I'm not sure. <clears throat> like he can't gain it back more and more. This is the first time that he's been faced with these impossible odds. And that was like kick in. Like I maybe he wasn't in control of it. But I think we do save that for predictions. I've got some I got some thoughts going on in my noodle box about me that. Me too, one. me too. But then the beautiful part of that scene is that you know he glances down the hallway towards the i think it's the door to the bridge and the vision is of these sort of bloody maybe not bloody but they're like a reddish color vines or Mm. roots or something i think they're more root like that are beginning to sort of take over the hallway and the door is turns into a red door the one maybe of his dreams or kind of like the mental struggle that he has with his visions and then it sort of like becomes normal again but because the titan is in red alert the door is sort of red and i just thought that was a really beautiful mm-hmm. it's a beautiful scene. way to fuck with him like he's gonna be questioning everything yeah I like it was that. a it was that was interesting i mean and then to end the episode with jack saying that he didn't know that they were changelings oh oof is again, just, yeah. it's a mind fuck it's kind of when we got lucky it's when someone realizes that they've done something that they can't ever take back and they did it to protect themselves, but they would have done it no matter who was the other person. And Beverly sort of wrestling a bit with what that could mean. Uh, it was a good way to end the episode a bit, I feel. I feel that was a... Because that's that's one of the parts of the great mystery of this episode. And it's what is likely going to tie Picard emotionally to why to stay invest mm. in the starfleet stuff right is yeah. because it's going to impact a lot um but it's really interesting to feel like starfleet has turned against our heroes and they are the scapegoat of disaster they're going to be court martialed they're going to be blamed for an attack on this tight the not the titan but the other ship the intrepid um they can't trust anybody no. and they're just sort of like stole a ship and on their own and everyone is after them i think riker says like 
they're coming for us and who exactly and he says everyone, everyone. let's see and the enterprise come on let's send the enterprise <laughs> after these bastards let's do it so just a really interesting way to kind of shift into that next sort of level i love the emotion that came from jack as well just like there's something wrong with me and i'm so glad he's not tr the trope of like hiding it and burying it he's yeah asking for help and like he's scared of what he can do because luckily the programming kicked in and saved him and killed four changelings but what if the programming kicked in and killed four humans like that he probably thinks that could have happened what I'm really glad you brought that up because it reminds me of another thing that the writers and the cinematography and the director did really, really well, which is that they showed the stakes of the power of Jack by giving us flashbacks mm. and dreams. Because if let's say that we had seen that scene, we'd watched Jack kill the people attacking him. And without that context, it'd be, it'd be yeah. like, OK, cool. He's got a power. That's awesome. But we understand that there's something dangerous because we saw his dream where he killed the crew at the very beginning, number one. Yeah. Number two, he wakes up, he's actually holding the gun. Yeah. So he may have accidentaled himself into that scenario, you know, for a world worse than that. And then when all of the crew beams away back to the Intrepid or to the Intrepid, he's having these weird kind of like reality alteration moments mm. where everyone's screaming from inside the beaming and it's serious and then he thinks about or envisions himself killing the guy for not letting him leave the one that you know yeah. handles the the person whose only job is to slide a slidey button can we talk about that guy oh, is this on. you're talking like, about chief o'brien now that's all he had to do for okay, the longest okay, time okay 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 it's important he's important we are <laughs> underestimating the complexities of making sure the deaf machine does what it's supposed to do I think the slidiness and activating it is only the flashy part of the journey that we see. I think the prep work to make sure the deaf machine continues to function as it should is what they're there to do most of the time. It's probably the most complex bit of machinery on the ship. And be killed because they're regularly like the person that gets clones. held at phaser points or whatever. Yeah. But probably anyway. maybe the only person who isn't a clone. <laughs> <laughs> so, so that was really powerful too because we see... Okay, that wasn't reality. Now this is reality. He didn't actually kill the slidey button guy. We're back to reality. He hasn't made any irreversible decisions yet. And then by the end of the episode, he does make irreversible decisions. And yes, it was quote unquote killing the bad guy like we're talking about. So it's quote unquote justified, whatever, you know, whatever the situation yeah. is. Uh -huh. But we, the viewer, know from Jack's perspective how serious it is. And I do, like you said, I like that he's talking to his mother. It's yeah. really important. Really emotionally about it. And it, I buy it because they've all that they've had is each other. Like, and I think what would rightfully be worrying Jack is that if there's a if there's a group of if there's a room of 10 people that he loves, including his mum. And if there's one changeling in there, will the programming kick in and kill all ten to get to that one changeling? Is Holy his shit! How terrifying is that? Changelings? Doesn't matter. If that oh, whatever okay. it is that's a threat to him, would he? Would the programming kill everyone in that room to make sure that he didn't die? And then who right. are the who are the who's the the collateral damage? Like that's terrifying. Not having it is. that control. But yeah, love that. Love it. Love it. Love it. Okay, everybody. Um. Let's head over to engineering for the sins. We still haven't seen the Titan engineering section. That sucks. Anyway, that's a good way to jump into the sins. Battle stations, everyone. Warning. Warp core collapse in 10 seconds. This is the part of the show where we re-engage our sin brains, remind ourselves that no TV show is without sin, even our beloved Star Trek. 
the fact that they didn't build an engineering set aside <laughs> yet, I, I think we would have seen it by now. They would have shown off that warp core if they'd built one. Um, hit us up. Let's let's go for your sins. What have you got, Ambassador? Ooh, I don't. This is always hard for me. So I'll throw some out. You can tell me if it's actually there's a reason for yeah, it. I perfect. just think it's. I mentioned this in my like my recap of the show. I don't understand how Beverly has the authority to do anything that she's doing. Does she still work for Starfleet? Has she been no, reinstated or something? No, okay. she doesn't. I think it's just professional respect. Um, and I think that's it. It's bizarre to me that she's. It is one of my sins that she goes to Picard. <laughs> I need to perform an autopsy, and he's just like mission sure. granted, authorized. Go you for don't. It. She doesn't have the authority to make the request. You don't have the authority to grant it. You're just two people talking right now. Like, I guess it's just a callback to duty and just their professional relationship. But yeah. Cool. Go and do it, but you don't need his permission. I just find it surprising that Shaw would be like, "Yes, these two civilians that we've beamed on board are allowed to integrate into my." crew you know especially beverly i mean in theory all five of them should be in the brig jack beverly seven uh, john (laughs) they're uh, all they're all william picard they should all be in the brig separate brigs so they don't get the story straight but i guess there's a level of professional courtesy respect we've been through a trauma together thing that Shaw is holding on to because we kind of need a tv show we do we do um okay i'm just going to very very quickly debunk some bullshit from Shaw. he lists three different occasions where picard has picard and riker picard and riker have been have got away with shit like he makes a great point like they fall back on the same thing that kirk and mccoy would always fall back on which was we've saved the universe they should forgive us and nine times out of ten they did and sean's just like yeah but did the ends justify the means because here's a list of things that you've done wrong the enterprise d saucer section crashing into that planet was not their fault they were attacked by a bird of prey (laughs) while trying to defend galaxies. Not their fault that their ship got blown up. The kiss on on the Baku planet was not a was not technically a breach of the Prime Directive because they they do have warp travel. They just know it. Um and they are in a they were an advanced enough race to be interacting with. So the kiss was fine, just a little bit unprofessional. And the Devron system, the time anomaly, again, that was to save the planet. It was to I think this is where the Davidians are doing sneaky stuff in in the past and they actually were preventing it not their fault so i'm just saying just saying three occasions three three examples there's plenty of examples where they have broken the prime directive but those three were poor sorry carry on i will not be taking any questions um i maybe i would (laughs) sin that it, it was just super super great that picard didn't look at the earring and think, yeah, I don't deal with trinkets very well, and then just chuck it in an incinerator. Yeah. You know, that was a lot of information to have hidden there. Thank God for Riker, I guess. Right. <laughs> Knowing where to put it on the uh, the table. I mean, Picard just could have kept it in his pocket. Yeah. <laughs> I never revealed he, it. Yeah. Too personal. Right? Too personal. I'm never going to tell Riker this. Yeah, this, this, this earring is a symbol of love and reconnection. I'm going to keep it with me always. And then it goes into the the chest of drawers where he found yeah. his I'm old eat it communicator. And keep it in my golem body. Yeah. It goes into the, the communicator leather satchel that started this whole <laughs> mess with Beverly. And it's just like in his mansion. It, get, <laughs> it, gets, it gets activated in season three of Riker. <laughs> 20 he years keeps it. From now. He just uh-huh. like tucks it away because he's a collector. So yeah. <laughs> I don't know. That was, that was, it was kind of cool. Like, but I kind of wonder, because Riker said it was, this is an old spy technology. 
So wouldn't there have been like a password or something? It just seemed like all of those special, like highly classified documentation about her her investigation was just suddenly very Accessible. there. Yeah, there, there <laughs> yeah. would be a password to that. Something. Um, on a side note, I bought a new external SSD drive for my laptop and it, it has like a terabyte of, it's, it's awesome, it's got a lot of memory on there. And it has this setup thing and it said, would you like to password protect it? And then I saw this like little, this little disclaimer that said, there is no way to back up this password. It doesn't go anywhere. It's just with you. You cannot reset it. Samsung will not be responsible if you can't get to your data because you've forgotten your password. And I was like, you know what? I'm not going to password protect it. I don't like, I don't trust myself. Maybe she's worried she was going to forget the password. There's no <laughs> way. There's just no way. I don't know. It's. I'm not even putting anything important on this thing. And I'm like, I still don't want to risk it. <laughs> yeah, I get Okay, okay. <laughs> What's yours? Uh, my next one is, and I'm going to, I almost hate myself for sinning this, but it's the the safety protocol button in the holodeck. <laughs> I'm just I got like, that one too. Fucking hell. <laughs> Back in the day, you needed two command level officers to turn off the, the safety protocols. Then it evolved into anyone can do it with a voice authorization on their own. Now it's a fucking off switch. I, no, it shouldn't be behind the bar. It shouldn't be How anywhere. convenient that it was behind the bar, right? It's just, and I hate it. I hate like being this nitpicky, but <sighs> no, it's but it's dumb. so like that. It's so we dangerous. Watched, it was usually all that stuff was on the arch. Yeah, you know, and here it, it is voice command inside the hologram Anyone computer system integrated into specifically the bar. I could accidentally knee that shit on my way to making a drink, <laughs> and then bam, I've poisoned someone. <laughs> Oh man. Uh yes, it or was... can we talk about Guinan's gun suddenly appearing? What's that? So that I was kind of okay with ish because Guinan does keep a gun under the bar. That's something we've seen happen in TNG multiple oh, okay. episodes. She keeps a gun there. It is this crazy alien huge assault rifle. But I can imagine that maybe things get stricter and she's only allowed a standard issue Starfleet phaser. So that I was fine with. I'm still not fine with us being able to I, I I would never be fine with holographic phases being able to kill people. I don't I just I don't know. I don't know. I, I get that you Ridiculous. can replicate weapons. I get that you can replicate weapons. I, I don't know if a holographic weapon should be able to kill unless it's a blade. But anyway. The the whole thing was uh it it irked me. It mm -hmm. irked me somewhat. Yeah. It it was interesting. It did it did build a little bit of tension, which is which is good because there was stakes now, you know. Stepping into the holodeck and thinking that your life is in danger <sighs> means nothing to a Trekkie yeah. unless you know that that protocol is gone. And so it's it makes true. sense that it makes sense that they would want to remove it, but it just goes against how you've seen it done before. But maybe it's because things have changed, you know, and they want them to happen quickly. Who knows? Who knows? Yeah, agreed. Um, but it, it is just, I also think that you can build tension without a gun. That's another big storytelling thing for me. I love phasers. Yeah. I don't like guns being used to increased tension in arguments yeah but what are they gonna amazing. have like an old person slap words. off you know what i mean just 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 absolutely slaying each other with with insults until they have a heart attack i don't think you need anything other than the words that we already had on screen i think they've had there was enough power behind them that we didn't need the phases but i get it tension no i get it I, I understand what you're saying i do i do um can we talk about how beverly seems to forget that uh, she's sending a transmission about how important it is to trust no one on Starfleet computers. Like, I it mean, just, yeah, she solves she solves the mystery. The changelings are us now. 
Mm-hmm. And then she's like, I'll send you a message. And then the message pops up and it's just like, trust no one. Changelings mm-hmm. are everywhere. It's like you sent that on a Starfleet ship. Yep. Like, who's not going to have access to that? She could have encoded it or encrypted me. it, but we didn't see it. Yeah, we didn't yeah. see it happen. But Also, can I send that screen while we're in that moment? It's like, yes, I love that there's some cool tech and that they're doing a great job of zooming in on the things we're supposed to look at. But man, is that a busy screen. Holy oh, shit. Oh, so much going on. So much happening. Like Bring I, up all I'm, the I'm, information I'm, at once. It? It's like, it reminds me of a, a new video game that we've been playing and the amount of information oh that pops up on screen. And we're like, I don't the know what to look at. So I know exactly what you're talking about. Uh-huh. Mm-hmm. Okay, here we go. This is something I would have. This would be a multi-sin. Let's talk about everyone's plan in this and it isn't the Raffi Wharf Vulcan plan. The multiple layers of Ocean's Eleven double crossing that goes on here. You have to see so many steps ahead. So here, here's the plan. Wolf, Wolf and Raffi get together and they realise that we're going to go down to the planet, we're going to make a scene, this is going to bring out the Vulcan guy who is going to attempt to kill us so we'll turn into holograms however we know that he's going to know that we're holograms, so we will also be ready that he's going to ask us to kill each other in a battle to the death, because we know that that will give Worf an opportunity to disappear, dispatch everyone, and come back. That is some predictive shit going on there. Because also the bad guy has got to be thinking just enough steps ahead to not have another step ahead of, ah, yes, but I knew that you weren't actually dead wolf, and now there's somebody behind you that's gonna get you. Like it is the the only way you pull that plan off is if you write it and put it on TV. There are so many layers of foresight that Wolf and Raffi have to have to pull this off. And it's 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 fun, but it's tropey as heck. And just it would never happen. Like, how do you know there's gonna be a battle to the death? Like, did I miss something? Is that Specific to this dude? Ooh, I, I assumed that they knew he was Vulcan. I assumed that they knew that there was going to be some protocol there. I assumed that they had some intelligence as to how the gang works and maybe even like the things in the past, you know, but that's making me assume a lot. Um, And I think what didn't work for me in that is believing for one second that Rafi would actually kill Worf. And so that death to me was like a, it didn't, I didn't feel I'm, anything. I didn't, and I don't think it's for I, a I did. I did okay, feel something. Okay, okay. I was angry. <laughs> yeah, I was annoyed. But I also don't think for a second we were supposed to believe that was it for Worf. I don't think there was even no. anyone was expect was supposed to expect him. I think the, the interesting thing about that storytelling choice is they're like, okay, well, so we're going to kill Worf and no one's going to believe it. And that's going to be the hint that they have a bigger plan. <laughs> yeah. Uh-huh. That's if anyone's confused, that will be yeah. the final hint to the audience that there is a plan. It was fun and clever, and oh, man, they're, I love Worf and Rafi together. I can't get oh, over it. They're so fun. Rafaela, you must calm down. Rafaela. I love their conversations. I love their quips. I love all of the Worfisms going on, and maybe it's a bit much. Like, maybe him saying, I have perfected the art of such and such and such and slowed my oh, heart down. Oh, the slow and bullshit, then, yeah, yeah. And then when he gets to the part where he's like, he's like, um, I've done this and this and this. Uh, oh, but I am losing a lot of blood. So we're going to skip to the interrogation now. <laughs> like th- th- that is working for me because I haven't yeah. seen Worf in so long. I want all of it. Um, mm-hmm. But I mean, I get what you're saying. I get what you're saying. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. How many things had to go correct? I just so, assumed so that they specific. had like a little like fake liter of blood that 
he was wearing on his stomach that no, she he pierced actually has or to get something. Stabbed in the gut, and I'm fine with that because Klingons have double of everything. So they have um, two hearts, four lungs, two uh, four kidneys, some extra organs. They have a lot of redundancies because they've evolved in battle and fighting and stuff like that. So it's yeah, it's whatever. I I think that I continue to like. I would sin it, but it's in secret. Worth training Rafi is is I, I'm fucking loving it so much. <laughs> it's so good. Great I kind of just I kind of just want to stay over there for a little bit longer sometimes, which is a good sign. Yeah. Um, oh yeah, yeah. Sure. <laughs> oh, it's just it. really funny. Oh, and I I must say too, like the um the work that they're doing with the prosthetics is beautiful. Mm. They've simplified a little bit. They've really like they've got obviously his telltale you know, spike dome on the forehead mm-hmm. thing going yeah. on. But they've also softened some things because prosthetics have come so far. And the the, the way that you can kind of maybe even see a little bit of the age spots on his cheek. Yes. And a little bit of the, you know, a little bit of wrinkles under his eyes, but you can really see his eyes. And I feel mm. like sometimes in the TNG, it's probably because it's just like old, like, like it just it's old and you can't really see yeah. it very, very well. We're not shooting in 4K or whatever we're shooting in. But like it's almost like his his eyebrows were sort of obstructed by the forehead yeah. piece, mm-hmm. and here we get to just see. I can see his eyes and his expression. More expression, and, yes. Oh, I love it. No, I love it. It was one of the biggest things that Lavar Burton struggled with was all of his acting. He said was with his eyes. Like he was so he has these huge, huge eyes, and he said he was so used to emoting and expressing. And then he gets cast, and they put a visor over him, and he's like, "No one's gonna like me. I can't do this." It's like it's such a testament to Lavar that yeah. we get so much emotion from Geordie and we never we do. so rarely see his eyes. Yeah. yeah. I, I see what I'm, I I like that. Um I got a little bit annoyed with Picard's let's run don't have time to explain. Sorry dude, you you're going to have to explain. Like invariably it takes longer to not explain than it does to explain. He's asking for a big leap of faith from Shaw, which he should know isn't going to come without a few words of explanation. Like how hard is it to say the intrepid is filled with changeling. Let's go. What are you talking about? Like he does do that. He comes into there and he's like, Starfleet does compromise the highest level. Changeling says, "Does he say changelings have infiltrated the intrepid? Uh, we got to go." But immediately, no. But the first thing he says is, "We got to. We got to get out of here. I don't have time to explain. Don't even open with that. <laughs> like, just start explaining. No way is you're going to buy he that." He gets to it pretty fast. Oh, but I love Shaw being like, yeah, "Don't you dare! Don't, don't you dare!" Yeah, bro, I could. Don't you dare overrule my command, you asshat. I think, I think, yeah, I think uh, someone in the chat, Nick said, no time to explain. And then immediately explains that just would be the great sin it. there. Because it it, he does explain, but yeah. it's not, it's it's silly. Yeah. It's the thing that just niggles at me. Um, I have one last one. Do you have anything else? Um, uh, maybe this is going to be explained, but all of the convenient beaming and not being able to be beaming was beaming me off. <laughs> well, I get that. Well, with the shuttle having the transport inhibitor. I there the the shuttle had a ch- inhibitor, but then they could tran tele they could teleport they could beam, and then they instantly are beaming into instant places instantly, and so that means they have like their own communication line somewhere. Like there is some serious, uh, and maybe this is part of why they're scary is because yeah. they're super organized. Like yeah, I mean I think that's it. They are organized. It but was I like kind of imagined that boom they- they're off the shuttle, boom they're back on the ship, boom two more show up. That's like, what? wait, well, where are they coming they, from? They beamed from the shuttle to back to the Titan. And I imagine that like the bomb has the inhibitor built into it. 
So when the bomb activates, that also stops ah. people from beaming out. That makes sense. Okay, okay, Also, okay. when the two security guards are fighting Jack, they report his location, and then two to more someone. security guards beam in. I know, but then it's it, it, that's making us assume that every single person on the Intrepid is compromised, but I, I don't believe that that's true. So they have to have like a specific kind of line of communication to a spe- exactly. Yes. Yes. So there's just all this stuff that has to be done for this to be covert enough that yeah. it's not blown wide open by everybody. So uh, hopefully that'll kind of make sense. But that was no, convenient. Beaming is convenient. There's a lot of there's a lot of convenience, but I hope it's because the scary thing that they are more organized than we than we expect. Well, yeah. Why didn't they just beam Jack out? Why? Uh, Aids and I want to know why. I don't know why. <clears throat> I don't why? know actually. Yep. Can't this would all that be one. over. Just grab Jack and get the fuck over. Like, kill him. Whatever. Let's go. Oh, one final one was no one was alerted to the weapons fire. Like, yeah. Jack murders everybody Ooh. with a phaser and no alarms go off. But mm-hmm. maybe there was an alarm buried in there. Still, alarms with phasers. Okay, this is maybe something that you're going to edit out because it's completely out of place. But I do want to say that I did like that they used the earring for information. I did think that was kind of a cool thing. Oh, yeah, no, I think that's cool. Yeah, I like that. Like, it's always on a person. It's yeah. tiny. It's how she yeah. communicates with war. It's a religious like, thing. Cool. You have I to like keep it. it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. No, yeah. I get it. Yeah, yeah. I like it. It's convenient, I, I it. but I like it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay, with that, it's time to head to the ready room for some predictions. Welcome to the Captain's Ready Room, where we hear our predictions for the rest of the season and bask in our Q-like glory. If anything, we have previously predicted has come true. Um, Let's have a quick recap of some previous predictions. Um. Ian thinks that Jack is a half-changeling, um, half-human to find a cure for the Great Link. It's possible. Still possible. It's possible. It's possible. I have a theory about that. Can I tell you what it is? Yeah, let's do it. It's actually not. It can't be true. Oh, it's great. They're the best predictions. The ones that you know can't be true. I, I had I had a thing. I was like, oh, I get it now. Beverly is a changeling. Mm, I don't she like She has, she, the evolved changeling with all the organs is with Picard, gets pregnant, has a baby, and that's how he's half. I think there's maybe a 1% chance of that being true. And if it is, I'll be so mad. And then I realized that that that's probably not possible because she knew a lot of information about Picard. So she would have had to have been a changeling for a really long long time. time. At least 24 years. It was interesting. It was interesting yeah, to think I don't about. Know that I'm I trying like to figure out what's happening. No, I, think I, don't, I don't like it either. Steals a lot from Beverly's return. I think. I don't think it's going to be anybody TNG related that's going to be a changeling. It's I think Riker. It's going to be one of the Titan crew. No, because they've been really precious about TNG and stuff. So I don't think they're going to be doing any any shenanigans like that. I don't think they're going to kill Riker, but it's not actually Riker, so it's okay. So here's my prediction about Jack. I think he's an augmented human of some sort. So he's an augmented, genetically modified. Half human, half changeling, hybrid thing. Um, going back to like the eugenics stuff. That's what I think. Inserted so into Beverly in her sleep. By who? Uh, I I'm I'm now guessing that yes, Picard and Beverly had sex, but they did not conceive a child. Somebody took advantage of that knowledge and implanted a baby into Beverly. <laughs> okay. What? So hold on, hold on a second. Hold on. I know this is great. This is great. So somebody, there's all kinds of beings around yeah. in the universe. Waiting for the perfect moment for just Beverly peeping and on them until they yeah. fuck. How's the peeping? Send the message. We have contact, and by contact, I mean wink, wink, nudge, nudge. Mm-hmm. The ship has entered. The do- <laughs> we are docked. The, the ship is docked. Yeah. Picard and Beverly are docked. Do you want me perfect to tell you in great detail? You know, and then they're like, "Okay, send in the syringe." Yeah. Okay. Beam that shit in. Listen. <laughs> Ow! 
No. Oh, beam in. It's tiny. Beam I mean, they're in. evil. Okay. They're evil. They don't care. Oof. I, there's something there. There's that something hurt. there. I'm that hurt. Good. Listen, I'm let me sorry. tell you about a story real quick. Let me Let's tell you why not. that hurt. One day, while pregnant, I was pregnant. My child was usually super chill. She didn't like to move a lot. Like, And I always heard stories of different kinds of like women, their, like their experiences during their pregnancies. And I didn't know what to expect. My little one was just like floating in the lazy river, just happy to chill. She was fine, but she didn't like do flips and stuff. One day she decides that she's going to stretch because it's getting, you know, all cramped in there and shit. And she stretches and some body part, I'm going to say it's a foot. Do I know it's the foot? No, I can't see inside my body. She just pushes from like nothing at all to full pressure on my bladder. Yeah. Huh? I'm just telling you right now there, I, there, you will never experience anything nope. just like quite suddenly your organs are like squeezed from the inside. So when you said beam straight yeah. in, you I have this getting sudden, like instant feeling of like bladder instantly tiny because something pushed into it. I have, it was the weirdest feeling ever. Um, I did great. I didn't pee myself just, just to kind of like put a bow on that story. Just, yeah. I know you guys are really, you know, you're sitting here thinking, God, this story is so fucking interesting. I just she need to know herself. if she pissed herself. Yeah. I didn't. I didn't. I managed to control. that story. You wanted me to pee myself. I mean, it would have made sense. Some friend you are. <laughs> Pastinate before I knew her. That no, makes no, no. it okay. I, I pee every time I sneeze now. So that's the great part oh, okay. of after Fair. having a child. You yeah, know, it's just a little bit though. We all do Everything that has bit. to kind of like figure out how to go back to where yeah. it was before. And some things just don't. Recover less. Okay. Not every time, but the big definitely sneezes. a percentage of the time. Yeah. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I've learned that I have to kick my leg out and then it doesn't, doesn't happen. Oh, interesting. So if you ever see me sneeze and kick, just know that oh, that is to protect on my myself knee. from peeing. Yeah. <laughs> Sacrifice my shin I don't, so that you I don't, don't normally talk about having a child. So sorry to derail. Let's go on. No, that was great. That was the that was the information that we needed to know. I am what other predict. I don't know if I have any other predictions. Oh, oh right, we're Do doing that. Right, that's what we're talking about. This isn't yeah. the podcast about childbearing. Okay, no, not this time. It can be. There's an audience for it. Let's see. Um, I think you said something about hearing Vadik's voice during the Hear Me, Find Me, Jack stuff. I'm sure I heard Vadik's voice, but I think I also heard Beverly's voice. So I think he's just cycling through voices. Okay. All right. Um, I do want to point out that during the show, when she, when Ro uh, is saying goodbye to Picard and put something into his hand, I said it's the earring and she's about oh, to yeah. die. You predicted that. that in the moment. It. I did. You did well on mm-hmm. that one. Um, I don't know that I have any other solid predictions. I'm really confused about what Jack is. We're seeing red eyes. Mm. Is, is there any clue, like alien-wise, why his eyes would be red? Or not one that's immediately jumping okay. into me. Someone in the chat has mentioned the par wraiths, which are the. So you know, I said there are wormhole aliens, and they're the gods that the Bajorans worship. Basically, the satanic version of them are the Parraves. They're the evil wormhole aliens. Um, oh, fuck yeah. He's an evil worm alien. Yeah, it makes sense. Yeah, that yeah. They've inhabited his well, yeah. body, possibly. That's a prediction from the chat. Um, it would be out of left. I still think it's going to be something completely out of left field that we couldn't, um, we couldn't predict. Man, I hope not, because that makes a lot of sense. Yeah, no, it does. Personally. It, it, it really does. It really does. And I think that would make, I think that would bring a lot of joy to the fans who know that kind of stuff, who've well, watched Deep huge, Space Nine. And- yeah, it's a huge Deep Space Nine plotline. It would make a lot of sense for bringing Cisco back. If we get Avery Brooks back, oh, I want him to sweep in and kick some ass. I just want to hear his again. That's it for me. 
yeah no other big predictions i think we're gonna meet up with um geordie this uh episode five or episode six sorry episode six or episode seven and we'll we'll get the whole team back together that's the only person that's missing um yeah that's my last prediction thank you for listening everybody there will be for those of you that join us in the live show there will be no live show next week as the ambassador and i actually that's a lie there will be a live show but it won't be live on twitch it'll be live at sin week however you will have a regular episode in your podcast feed next wednesday doing episode six we just won't be doing a live recording of it but until then thank you for listening everybody i'm gonna step outside so that you can get your bullshit stories together (laughs) (laughs) Uh, and it would be illogical for me no wait it would be illogical to not expect you to prepare for me so i prepared for you well just that that would be my fucking sin like to prepare to prepare to prepare to prepare to prepare for you i know that he knew that he knew that i knew it's logical and it's illogical for me not to then that's so it's logical for me to do it Exactly. And I like it. I hate Vulcan. Live long and podsper. <laughs> Thanks for listening. Want to connect with the show? Our hailing frequencies are always open through captainspod at cinemasins.com. Like, comment, and subscribe on your podcast player of choice, and be sure to visit cinemasins.com. He's a changeling, come on. No, he's not. That's Red Eyes. No, that was Vadic's voice. Ian, what the fuck is that? That come home. That come home was Vadic's voice. Ian, who right? the fuck has red eyes? Do you know? Don't, no, I can't think. Okay. Nothing's jumping out at me. Welcome to Ten Forward, the part of the show where we grab a drink from the replicator, share our immediate thoughts and feelings on the. I missed out a word. That was annoying. Welcome to Ten Forward, the part of the show where we grab a drink from the replicator and share our immediate. Could you do it once more with feelings on the episode we just watched? <laughs> I don't show emotions of a Vulcan. Welcome to Ten Forward, because no, now I can't just keep. I've got to keep the same energy, haven't I? <laughs> it's the lowest energy you've ever had. Okay, so I've got twelve seconds to tell you this entire story. Do you think I can do it? Nope. Cool. Thanks for believing in me. Not a matter of belief, matter of physics. Your belief will not make it so. I got stuck. Behind a party bus. Okay. I live in Southwest Missouri. I live in the Ozark Mountains. I live yeah. where party buses are not Usually necessary, needed, yeah. and the people who own a party bus company are probably wondering why the fuck they went into party bus business in the first place because who needs to purchase or rent a bus for a party? How is it That's interesting. that at 11, 10.45 on a Friday, 10.45 a.m. on a Friday, there needs to be a party bus going 10 miles under the speed limit on my exact route home? <laughs> what the fuck is my luck? I mean, you could just say the dog ate your mic. I would have accepted that as an excuse as well. You didn't have to be quite so elaborate. Then I get home and I realize I have let the dog's food run out of their dishes and oh, they have no. been slowly in panic about this this this, oh, this that i've overlooked which they do yeah and so it explains why my house is riddled with all kinds of things that since i left the house this morning at 8 20 so about two and a half hours i was gone they have collected things to eat they have licked out containers of guacamole that were in the trash of my office because oh, I have like these no. little guacamole containers, like these little snack guacs that I can like mm-hmm, munch on. Mm-hmm, yeah. They're, you know, they're in my trash bin because I forgot to close the door to my office, which now makes me question 
the open bag of chips Everything. under my desk. There's oh, no way. whether they're safe to eat. There's oh. no way they're safe. Like these are absolutely just like they're just tainted now. They're dog nose tainted. They are oh, they're no. lick tainted. They're they're just taint tainted. There's no way. So yeah, I came home to Oh no, I do have a I have a really bad week coming up. Actually, I have a great week coming up because it's sin week. But the week after that, I have a terrible week coming up because Master Replicas, the company that is taking over the bulk of the Eagle Moss models, launches. And do you know what the bastards are doing? It's fucking genius. They have emailed me, not just me, although I wish it was just me. And here's their plan. Here's what they're going to do. They know exactly what they have access to. They have they have a catalogue. They have more than I thought they would have. So what they're going to do is they're going to launch a selection of items that will be available for two weeks. Oh, no. Take them down, and then there's another selection. That will be available for two weeks. Take it down. Two weeks. Take it down. What am I going to do? So wait, is there a plan genius. to never cycle back through I, them? They, of course they haven't told me that. Because if I know they're coming back, where's the urgency to buy them? The first like batch has got an Excel version of the uh, the NX01 Enterprise, which I I haven't got. It has the concept version of Voyager, which is super rare, and I haven't got. There's a few in there that I've already got, which is fine. But there's 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 two that I've seen that I definitely want to purchase, and 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 that's not even the whole list. And I don't I don't know what to do. And this is a first world problem. This doesn't matter at all. <laughs> But it's I'm just I'm just gonna have to buy them and I don't I don't know. I don't know when they're gonna be available again. I don't even know if there's something on the list that I want even more. And then some plumber is gonna come and knock them over and smash them all. <laughs> oh you're fucked. Do you do you do the thing where you just have to give yourself a limit, a monetary limit, and just say, okay, I'm not well, here's why here's why that doesn't I mean, of course, there is that limit exists because I am not I'm not paying a mortgage for this stuff. But the problem is it's not just about the fortunately I can say it's not just about the price, it's about when it's available. So if I set myself a limit, that limit is arbitrary if I miss the opportunity to get something that isn't then available for another year. But what what's gonna happen in that year that 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 means you have to have it. Oh, okay, but I don't know. Okay, not a year was a bad example. I don't know when it's got. This might be my only Potentially opportunity to ever. get it. Right, and I'll look back and be like, you know what? I wish I'd spent a bit more on that occasion to make sure that I could get it. And then, well, I mean, it just sounds <sighs> like you're. This is the thing you're going to do now. This is your life now. This is my life now. You're going to have to figure out your limitations, Captain. What is it? Is it money? Is it space? Well, now I'm wondering, like, do I keep the boxes so that I can resell them in the future when they're worth more? Because uh -huh. I haven't been keeping the boxes. I have some of them, but uh, I've never been that person. And now I'm that person. <laughs> well, yeah, because they're like, they're fucking with you via email. Yeah, they Here's know the me. first thing you do. Go over and unsubscribe to the emails. No, no, <laughs> I'm not doing that. That's not happening. <laughs> I blame Albert Hogan, actually. He bought me my first model, the bastard. He bought me Voyager. I like how you don't blame your dad. Your dad who has models oh, hanging yeah. from his ceiling. Yeah, yeah, he does. Your he, baby his... mobile was just Star <laughs> Trek. You're not kidding. Like, I think it was. <laughs> I remember when you were in town last mm -hmm. year, 
and we were working and you said, hey, do you want to hear the music that I work to? <laughs> I was like, sure. Yeah. Uh-huh. And so you start playing like music, just uh-huh. orchestral music, right? Don't, don't tell them what don't tell them what it is. What? Oh, this story could go in a couple of different directions. It, c- it well, could. I, yeah, I want no, them to the, guess one. I'm going specifically in the Star Trek direction. Okay, cool, cool, cool. I'm listening to one of them. I'm like, man, this is really good. And then all of a sudden it turns into the Star Trek theme. And I was yes. like, holy shit. <laughs> so How did that happen? This was the first contact theme. And Danae had left and then come back in while the bum, 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 bum. And it's like all sweeping and swooping. But after two minutes, out of nowhere, it goes bum, 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 bum. I had bum, no bum. idea. And she's like, that's Star Trek? I was Star blown Trek away. Has beautiful music. The second part of that story is that there was another theme <laughs> that Danae didn't oh, recognize. This is slightly embarrassing, I <laughs> this think. This is great. There was another okay, theme that she didn't listen to. So I have a playlist filled with my favorite m- movie and TV scores. I didn't know. I didn't know. And Danae comes in and it's just like, you know what? If I could pick a personal theme tune, this is what it would be. This has got me pumped up. I fucking I love was like, it. I would walk into every room to this song. This is no, fucking no, awesome. Like it just course. like really mm-hmm. made me feel things, and it was like inspiring. And I was, I was like, I feel like I'm on top of the world. This is awesome. I want this to be my music. Of course you would, because the theme was bum 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 she comes in just like, I want this to play whenever I arrive. And I'm like, I'm sure you do, Superman. <laughs> yeah. But it was it was entirely honest. I didn't know. Yeah, gut level. And it just proved to me again that it, that is another incredible it's score. So just It's so good because completely blind to movies today, he was like, this is epic as fuck. And I'm like, yeah, 50 years later, it's still, it's still slap. We have an email question for the ambassador. Ooh. Now, I've oh, told wait. the ambassador. Yeah. For me? For you, yeah. For you specifically. Okay. So I did tell you that we... I've told the ambassador that I have a question, but I'm not going to tell her what it is until the episode. Oh, yeah. I remember that now. Okay, okay, okay. I remember. Here we go. Here's a question from David Ellis. He says, um, weird question, or maybe not so weird. I'm relatively new to the pod. Um, Now, my wife and I went to the Carolina Hurricanes outdoor NHL game versus the Washington Capitals on February the 18th. So any time travelers that want to go back in time to find them, that's a great place to find them if you need to meddle with their lives in any way. That's where you're going to find them. Sitting a couple of rows behind us, there was a Capitals fan who I swear sounded just like Danae. Same (gasps) laugh and everything. What I had to ask is, was that you, Danae? Because if not, you have an identical voice twin. (laughs) I did reply Ah, saying... I am 99% certain, <laughs> knowing Danae as I do, it was not her. <laughs> was it you, Ambassador? No, it was not me. Sadly not. I have been contacted at least four times in my life. By aliens? By people who have said that they've seen a doppelganger or heard a doppelganger. So this will be That's like another instance of me having something similar for with somebody else, which is also kind of fun. That's really but fun. No, I, I did not go and enjoy a a hockey game. Uh, I've been to really? one hockey game in my entire life. Oh, okay. Cold. So you have been to one, okay. Mm-hmm. I've been I've been to one. My my boyfriend at the time really enjoyed the Blues, which is the St. Louis team. And so we went to St. Louis and I went to a hockey game and I, I was like, okay, 
people are throwing brooms now. That's interesting. <laughs> that's a thing that's going on. Well, I kind of had like a little bit of a bit of a chat with David as well. And he's just finished putting together a fan film. So if you guys want to, and I think he said it comes out on the 20th of March. Um, and so a little while ago, um, CBS and Paramount kind of cracked down on how you make fan films and what can be done with them. And I think they have to be limited to, they're fine with them, but they have to be limited to under 30 minutes. You can't have other Star Trek actors in it that have appeared in Star Trek. But you basically have free reign to do stuff as long as you're not making money from it. Um, and yes, interested in that? Go and go. I haven't seen it yet because it hasn't come out. But um, I love the I love Star Trek fan films. I love that we now have the technology to do stuff like this. So yeah, the film is called um, Three Five Nine, and it follows uh, apparently it follows four people in the aftermath of the the Big Wolf Three Five Nine attack and how they survive. And yeah, if you want to check it out, it's at ellisstudios359.com. We shall keep an eye on that one. Happy birthday to Paulie's son. Uh, happy birthday, sir. However... Happy birthday to you. Happy birthday to you. Happy birthday to Paulie Walnutson. Happy birthday to you. Sorry. However, Paulie would have almost missed that and been rejected because he almost decided to watch the Formula One practice racing instead. Not even the actual race, the practice that happens on Fridays. Like, that's some that's okay. commitment that's to the wrong yeah. brand. Some that's, people watch different things. Choice. That's fine. Ah, sudden Ian haircut, yeah. Well, the haircut wasn't sudden. That was that was gradual over the course of 45 minutes. It wasn't just, surprise! Snip, 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 snip. <laughs> like you walk into like one of those machines that you see in the movies where it's just like, zhing, just instantly you're gonna come your belt you go in one side you come out the other you're just looking quite different i'm not ready for that future i don't want it slab asks why isn't ian wearing a kilt and playing a bagpipe today i thought he was british i'm gonna let lolly take that <laughs> that's she amazing will, she will emaciate uh, you far lolly? more than i can <laughs> somewhere lolly is twitching um this morning i woke up with a green mustache on my face because of those pesky leprechauns Nice, nice That's delivery. Funny. I was going to criticize you if you didn't do it. Um, married, I was married to a native of County Galway. Nice, nice. She never wore green Galway. on St. Patrick's Day. Galway? Galway? Galway! Galway! That sounds like, like the perfect name of a place for old people that just don't want anyone to bother them. <laughs> Galway! Galway! Nick said, actually one of my sins, I don't like Rose reduced nose ridges. I almost didn't recognize her at first because she just looked human. I wondered if they were tattoos. So that's interesting. Is it is the idea maybe that as you age, those ridges just sort of fall and flop on top of themselves? Yeah, maybe. So they're, they're not they're as just, pronounced? It's part of aging. They just recede or reduce. It's the same with Worf. Um, his ridges look different because he ages. Um, and prosthetics change. But oh, that's fine with it. Josh says, what if the reason Jordy hasn't shown up yet is because in the last act of the last episode... Jordy is going to wake up and stare straight into the camera and say, what a strange dream. Yeah, they're going to Dallas it? Yeah, I don't think. <laughs> <laughs> Polly says, I think Jack has been turned into an anti-changeling weapon by Section 31. That sounds serious. I mean, it would make sense. Like a Winter is Soldier. Is Section 31? Yeah, Section 31 is the, the you know how you've got the, the Tau Shiar and the Zatvash for the Romulans? The Section 31 is Federation. Is Starfleet's version of that, basically. They're the sketchy people that can kind of get away with doing the, the sketchy things. So yeah, it makes sense that they bred 
him for the Dominion War, but then the Dominion War finished and they don't know what to do with him. However, they kind of used that line in Nemesis a little bit. I appreciated this one from Chris on YouTube who said, mm -hmm. also, now that we're doing spy stuff, can we go pick up Loris? Yes! Who I imagine is much better at this than Picard. You know, give us our hot Irish Romulan for St. Patrick's Day. Right? Would have been a gift. Yeah, we deserve uh, more. More Loris. Nick points out, oh, did anyone else notice that when the Intrepid raised its shields, the image on display looked like an updated version of yeah. the shields raising in Wrath of Khan with the dots. It looked awesome. It does. We have plenty of TOS fans in the production of this show, apparently. Lots and lots of callbacks to the Wrath of Khan and, and whatnot. Here's a sin from Nick. I've had a dozen questions about this. How exactly does the Universal Translator know to not translate <laughs> Picard's Bajoran? Always. Um, I think, I mean, there's no good answer because they all, they've, they did this in TNG as well. They'll switch from Klingon to English and then back again. And Kapla should just be translated as success. Um, universal translators can understand intent. <laughs> it's a answer. very complicated algorithm. It's really complicated. Nick says, Danae is cosplaying as Peanut Hamper for Sin Week. Oh my God. <laughs> How fun so would it cute. be? Listen, so I have ideas. I have ideas. But no, I'm not I'm not cosplaying. Lots of cardboard needed. Um Doop -doop -doop. Doop -doop -doop. Doop -doop -doop. 